0: Welcome to episode 192 of the TruthQuest podcast, a practical guide to state secession. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as the Petrodollar, the Great Reset, the John Durham investigation, principles in politics, or Ukraine comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Bitshoot, Brighteon, Rumble, and Instagram, where I post a short highlight of each show, at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment to give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the Truth Quest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Consider this episode an open thread. Get the conversation started about state secession. I've suggested in other episodes that it is my belief that the only thing that can save America from itself As we continue to drive down the post-constitutional path towards bankruptcy, cultural rot, and societal suicide known as socialism and communism, is for states to secede from the Union. It is the only alternative that even comes close to potentially solving the problem. Cut ties with the mothership and form their own country or territory, just like we did from Britain back in the 18th century, just like Britain did with the European Union recently with Brexit. Just like the first nine states that ratified the Constitution seceded from the union that they had created just ten years earlier with the Articles of Confederation. That left the remaining four states with three options. Either join them under the new Constitution, create a new union with the four of them, or stay under the Articles of Confederation. Former disgraced vice presidential candidate and senator John Edwards was right. There are two Americas. One just wants to be left alone with a government that stays in its lane, protects our rights, and follows the Constitution. The other apparently wants to destroy the system known as the United States of America. These people are not interested in coexisting. Why should the rest of us be forced to endure? There is no need for the rest of us to stay connected to the others. They don't want us around anyway. I say we give them what they want. Are you sick of idiots and political oligarchs making decisions and setting one-size-fits-all policies for hundreds of millions of people? People like AOC, Bernie, the Bush family, Obama, McConnell, Paul Ryan, John Boehner, Romney, Kerry, Focahontas, Elizabeth Warren. Corruptocrats like Barney Frank, Chris Dodd, Pelosi, and Biden. Are you tired of watching the Supreme Court issue opinions that are taken as rulings and sometimes creating new constitutional rights out of thin air? Think about it. Gay marriage, men competing in women's sports, murdering babies in the womb on demand, wars, the pending collapse of the U.S. dollar, the national debt, the fraud, waste and abuse, the fiat currency system, parental rights, socialism, communism, Obamacare, open borders, lockdowns, mandates, forced vaccinations, new world order, censorship of dissent, the Great Reset, the manipulation by the federal government of gas prices by restricting drilling on federal lands, or the distribution of life-saving COVID therapies like monoclonal antibodies, or the outlawing of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine? Are you sick of corporate subsidies and corporate welfare? Are you sick of the feds picking winners and losers? Are you tired of having to disclose your entire financial record to the corrupt IRS? Have you actually looked at the information you give them? It's appalling. Are you tired of healthy working-age people being on perpetual welfare? Are you tired of unconstitutional executive orders, the manipulation of interest rates, the purposeful creation of an inflationary environment, the administrative state? Are you tired of climate change and the Green New Deal, the indoctrination of your kids in schools? Shall I go on? The people who advocate for all of this are part of a doomsday cult. They have no desire to get along with you, the normals, They want to impose their will, their agenda on you, and they will silence you if you dissent. Tell me why the normals must remain married to people who push and force their policies down our throats. It doesn't matter if you agree with any of those things I just rattled off. It's the forcing that needs to be opposed. That's the problem. This is an abusive relationship by a domineering spouse, the federal government. We have irreconcilable differences, and therefore a divorce is required. The amount of power in D.C. is beyond anything anyone in human history could ever imagine. Now, I understand that there has been dictators that probably wielded more absolute power, but hopefully you get my point. Power is a drug, and Washington, D.C. is a crack house. I make that point because there's nothing we can do to change D.C. Look no further than the extent the Democrats went to defeat Trump. They lied, they sued, they impugned, they impeached, they committed voter fraud, they employed big tech censorship, falsely imprisoned January 6 protesters. And what did the national republicans do? Not a damn thing. They are a uniparty. We are not dealing with rational people. You cannot employ critical thinking and rationalize with them. You shouldn't have to. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Washington DC is bought and paid for by China and our president is not only in bed with the Chinese but the Russians via his son, Hunter. Oh, but we're not allowed to talk about that. Secession is the only answer to save parts of the country from the impending implosion of this once great country. I have produced several episodes on the topic of secession, all of which are listed in the show notes. So I'm not going to go into a ton of detail here, just give you some highlights before I move on to the meat and potatoes of this episode. Secession is the idea of breaking up political bodies into smaller pieces, it's the ability for people to have a better opportunity to influence the society in which they live. Jeff Dice from the Mises Institute explains secession as, quote, the ability for people to peaceably walk away from political arrangements that are not working, i.e., the idea of divorce. Aaron Gleason from the Abbeville Institute describes secession as, quote, a humane, progressive, and peaceful solution to political strife, end quote. Ryan Miller, writing for Fee.org, articulates secession as the severing of political ties to an entity or group that you no longer wish to be associated with, used by people no longer satisfied with the existing political order and wishing to go their separate ways. The term merely denotes the innocuous idea of people building a political and economic order that is more in line with their values. In the United States, it's the right of the states to opt out of unconstitutional federal laws, regulations, and the mess of things I just mentioned. This country fought a revolution to rid itself of a tyrannical central power that did not represent the people. The states signed a contract, the Constitution, with the understanding that all power not specifically delegated in that contract to the federal government would reside with them. For over 200 years, the pendulum has swung in the wrong direction, as the power of the federal government has grown and that of the states has diminished. It started with Abe Lincoln, accelerated through Woodrow Wilson and FDR, with LBJ and Nixon applying a few more proverbial nails in the coffin. Reagan made a valiant effort to attempt to save the country, but the ruling class, the intel communities, and their bureaucracies are too overwhelming to overcome. 9-11 was another of the final nails in the coffin as it normalized the surveillance state and ushered in the current era of blackmail and bought and paid for national politicians, followed by how Trump was systematically excised from power by the establishment, both Dems and GOP, the intelligence community and big tech. So, how the hell does the state secede from the union in the 21st century? Is this conversation even worth having? Objections are plentiful, some legit, Others nothing more than propaganda and lies. I'm going to walk through the process a state might follow in order to secede from the union and follow that up with a list of whatabouts. As I said in the beginning of this episode, I hope this list becomes a start of a serious conversation, prompts you to think through the idea as well. Please add your comments, suggestions, and critiques in the comments section of whatever platform you are listening to this on, or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Let's begin with the fact that none of this will happen overnight. There will be a transition period. Think Brexit. The state would declare independence, lay out the steps to be taken, name the date in the future when the ties that bind are officially severed, and go to work tying up all the required loose ends. I envision the process looking something like this. Step 1. State legislature votes on the idea of exploring secession creates a committee to come up with a game plan. Step 2 the committee drafts the state's Declaration of Independence or Memorandum of Secession, whatever it's going to be called. Step three, a massive citizen education effort would be undertaken. Step four, the legislature would then vote on the declaration or a referendum would be held. Step five, the approved declaration would be delivered to the U.S. Congress in whatever formal legal notice they chose. In step six, the transition period would begin. Somewhere in there, probably in in a parallel path, would be a committee to update the state's constitution to account for the new independent nature of this new state-slash-country-slash-territory. Now let's examine all of the whatabouts. You may be thinking, is there an alternative? A compromise solution rather than secession? Is it really secession or nothing? Absolutely not. There are a few potential compromise positions that could be explored. For example, instead of seceding from the Union, the state could convert from a state to a territory of the United States, like Guam or Puerto Rico. Citizens are no longer subject to the federal income tax, FICA, Medicaid, Medicare, federal capital gains taxes, etc. They can no longer vote in federal elections, and they lose their congressional representation. Another potential compromise is a series of bills passed by Congress and signed by the current president with contractual reductions of government spending, say 5% a year until it gets to a rational and historic percentage of GDP, or the passage and ratification of a balanced budget amendment, the abolishment of unconstitutional programs and agencies, maybe congressional term limits, how about the abolishment of the Federal Reserve, or a reversal of the 16th and 17th Amendments, or the reinstatement of a gold standard. You want to pursue any of those things? Then we can probably take the idea of secession off the table. Even if these efforts are undertaken, the secession effort would move forward because, as you know, the feds will filibuster and drag out the process for years, hoping the secession efforts would fizzle out. Clearly, the path to secession is not an easy one. As I've said, I see no other route. The American ship is sinking. We have one of the two major political parties who are openly pushing for the demise of the country, and the other filled with leaders who are content to let it happen. This is obvious to anyone who pays the least bit of attention. I'm going to spend the remaining minutes walking through several topics that must be considered for a state to secede from the Union. No, I'm not going to address every objection. I attempted to do that in episode 128. The fact of the matter is, there are dozens of reasons why secession is a bad idea, or why it will not happen. Quite frankly, I'm not interested in the naysayers. I'm interested in action. I'm interested in trying to save parts of the country. And I'm going to say it one more time. Why should we be forced to remain in this bad marriage with an abusive spouse? Let's dive into the whatabouts. What about people within the state who don't want to leave the Union? Obviously, 100% of the population of the seceding state will not be on board the secession train. Can they be forced to give up their United States citizenship? Can they call on the feds to save them from the out-of-control state looking to create its own nation? Those are all great questions. The obvious answer is for them to move. Life ain't always fair. Maybe the seceding state can provide some financial assistance to help. Or maybe some kind of dual citizen arrangement can be worked out. Or some kind of permanent green card. They can stay in the new territory or country, but still be subject to the United States taxes, laws, and regulations. What about money? The newly formed country or territory will need its own currency. It would have to be a sound money platform, backed by gold and silver. To accomplish this, the state would spend a transition period trading its U.S. dollars for gold and or silver and starting to store it in a secure state depository, as prescribed by the U.S. Constitution. By the way, this provision would be in the new state or territory's constitution. What about the national debt? The seceding state could negotiate a buyout with the United States government for their portion of the debt. My recommendation would be to base it on the debt prior to 2008, when the Federal Reserve started its perpetual quantitative easing zero interest rate scheme. The newly formed state could make annual payments to the Treasury, or the state territory could flip off Washington and say it's your problem. What about taxes? Well, first, the citizens of the seceding state would no longer pay any federal taxes. No income tax, no social security, Medicaid, no gas tax. That money would no longer flow to D.C. The state may choose to maintain the tax throughout the transition period and use the funds to buy gold and silver to back their new currency. There will be plenty of expenses incurred during the transition whereby these dollars can be reallocated, but it should only be temporary. At some point, the state would stop collecting some of these taxes. Regarding Social Security, the Feds would, in theory, still be obligated to pay current retirees. They contributed to the system and should be compensated. Obviously, DC would play hardball and try to deny these benefits. Negotiations would likely get nasty. As far as non-retirees, the state could negotiate a one-time payout for them with the funds deposited directly in a personal savings account or IRA. If the Feds refused to pay residents of the newly seceded state, then those residents can move out during the transition period, or the state can raise the funds to pay these folks. I would tie these negotiations to those about the national debt. Maybe it's just a quick cutting-of-the-court exercise. No national debt payments, no Social Security. When it comes to Medicare and Medicaid recipients, there are plenty of private insurance companies out there who can compete for the business and provide supplemental coverage of the health care. The state will likely have to finance some of this to fill the gap. The state could also institute and advocate for guaranteed renewable health insurance policies that stay with people throughout their life, just like life insurance. As long as you make the premium payments, you're good to go. What about state revenue from the Feds? Did you know that on average, states receive 30% of their revenue through various forms of federal funding? What will the seceding state do without those funds? I can already hear the cries no more money for education welfare infrastructure or first responders I look at it a little bit differently the states no longer being bullied or susceptible to extortion coercion and blackmail that the federal government relentlessly employs against them as they hang those federal dollars over their heads but seriously who cares the citizens of the new country will no longer be sending somewhere of upwards of 13 to 15 percent of their income to DC for Social Security and Medicare, Medicaid, and federal income taxes. They will no longer be paying the federal gas tax. They will be flush with cash, some of which may be subjected to higher state taxes, but at least there will be transparency in the taxing and spending. What about immigration and citizenship? Residents of the newly created country or territory will no longer be United States citizens. The federal government already makes it damn near impossible to renounce your current U.S. citizenship. Imagine what they would try to do to seceding citizens. Last time it was tried, Lincoln invaded South Carolina. Border crossings will need to be negotiated. I would envision very little changes to the way things are today with interstate highways and freedom of movement. The biggest difference would be. If a President Biden wants to welcome illegal or legal immigrants to the United States and grant them citizenship and all kinds of welfare goodies, so be it. But that shit ain't going on in the new country or territory. And when the rest of the United States collapses and people flee to the recently seceded state, they can of course close their borders and begin deportations as needed, just like any other sovereign country. But the ace in the hole will be all the work done, all the seeds planted with other state legislatures about how to secede from the United States. So when the inevitable collapse comes, the responsible state legislatures will already have a blueprint. What about foreign policy? Well, it would be handled no differently than any other sovereign nation. The new country would have to negotiate treaties with bordering states for trade, immigration, and a whole host of other things. They will also have to negotiate treaties with other nations. What about infrastructure? Look folks, Infrastructure spending is yet another unconstitutional expenditure by the feds. It ain't in the Constitution. The newly formed country would obviously be responsible for roads and bridges within their borders. Again, the funds previously sent to D.C. only disappeared down that rat hole are now available to the state to deal with such things as infrastructure. What about federal lands? The federal government should not own any land outside of Washington, D.C., That's the only land mentioned in the Constitution. Federal land ownership is one of the greatest perversions of the American system that I can think of. A country with a $30 trillion debt should sell the land, pay back the debt, and never do that again. But that isn't even part of the conversation. I can probably agree with you to make an exception for military installations. Since they will obviously no longer be necessary, the state can be generous and compensate the feds for the land through eminent domain or tell them to go screw themselves. Speaking of the military, how would the newly seceded country or territory defend itself? I would assume the state's National Guard would be the starting point for the newly formed country. I would also envision comprehensive collaboration between the Guard, State Troopers, State Bureau of Investigation, local sheriffs, and police departments. As I mentioned at the beginning, this episode should be viewed as an open thread, a conversation starter. The truth is, the jig is up. I'm not interested in hearing all the reasons why state secession won't work. It remains the most viable option to save parts of the United States from being dragged under by our corrupt, willfully negligent leadership class in D.C. This has been decades in the making. We have given them plenty of time for a course correction, but for anyone paying the least bit of attention knows, this American experiment is not going to end well the sane among us must be proactive and secure the divorce from our abusive spouse, the federal government, which was created by the states given limited powers that over the last 250 years has essentially become unlimited. The contract that the states signed when they joined the union, the constitution, has been breached in a thousand ways. How much longer are we supposed to continue in this abusive relationship? I say no longer. I hope this episode serves as a guide or blueprint to enterprising state legislators around the country willing to take the next step and get this conversation started in a serious and material manner. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.